Liesel, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. I love Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. How can you not? They're pretty legit. It's a great business, and it's even greater people. So local people running that business, doing great things, and and it's the home for enlightened style shades. Enlightened style shades. I just like saying that. And it does sound, it sounds, sounds kind of big time. It does. Sounds very big time. And look, they they don't just do shades. Like almost all of your interior decorating needs, they're there. They can help you get them. I even have pillows. I have pillows on my couch from Budget Blinds. Hmm, I didn't know you had pillows. Yeah, That's throw pillows. Amazing. I know. And who doesn't love throw pillows? Everybody loves really. throw pillows. And supporting a local business that gives back to the community is always a win. Always a win. So when you're ready to make your home the best home it can be, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Liesl and Nick sent you. Hello and welcome to the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. I am your host, Liesl Hayes. And today I'm joined with Mr. Nick Parker, but we decided to change things up a little bit this time. This is weird. I know. Nick feels very uncomfortable. I can tell. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm sitting. I don't even know how to, like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah, no, I know. We decided that Nick is going to be the guest today. Actually, it was more me deciding, right, yeah, Nick? I, I don't know that I had much choice in this. Yeah, you really didn't. No. But here's. I, I, seriously, I don't even know how to sit in this chair. I know you're you're like feeling really uncomfortable right now, aren't you? <laughs> I kind of like this. I'm just going to we can just sit here and watch your discomfort for the I, whole show. I'm not used to uh, um, not being in charge. I get that. In control. And I actually am sort of liking being in control yeah. for a change. So <laughs> I guess this episode is going to work out for both of us. Maybe. We'll see. Well, this will be good for you. Yeah. Actually, you know, you are, you know, kind of kind of leaning into the role of being an interviewer. Yeah. I like it. This is good practice. And you... And I'm Don't probably bite. a really bad guest. So yeah, we'll, we'll you see how could this goes. be. So we'll see how it goes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so here is the reason why I wanted to do this. So you have obviously been hosting this podcast for a number of years now. Six years. Six years, which is, is right? amazing. Seventeen. Yeah. To, yeah. Six years. Yeah. Six years. And you've interviewed so many people in our community, which is amazing. But you've never been interviewed. Uh, on this show not for this show no and, I, and only really a couple of other times yeah on other shows but yeah i don't like it i i did have a reporter interview me a few weeks ago how'd that go start that was weird tell me more i you know it's just awkward being on the other side of the table what do you like the most about being on this side of the table well, where I'm in charge? Yeah, where you're in charge i just like to meet people and i like to tell stories you know i started as a reporter as a writer for newspapers. So I liked, I liked meeting people and hearing their story and then trying to find the best way to tell it mm. to other people. And then I got into, you know, page design and added you know, the visual aspect to it that I like, I just, I just like meeting people. And that's what podcast really is. It's like, I get to meet people around town just for whatever reason, because of what I do and the things I've gotten involved in, I get to meet a lot of cool people and why not tell their stories? Nobody else is doing it here. Yeah, no, I mean, you're there, definitely filling a niche. There's for sure. no other outlet that is really telling people stories of our community. And and so somebody should do it. 
Yeah, and I absolutely. like I like doing it. Someday I'll learn how to, you know, actually ask people to help me pay for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're you're going to get there. It's only been six you years. Know, so I, might, you're good to I go. might I might turn into a business at some point. Yeah. So, I mean, you're technically the ultimate story collector. That's kind of how really? I like to hear. Yeah, that's how I think of you. Like you are the person who brings out things in people and has conversations with them and helps them sometimes get to places that they may have not arrived at at their own. And you help them share a story in a different light. And so I think I wanted to turn the tables on you and just get to know you. And I think the listeners it's, need to hear your story. It's funny that you put it that way because I feel like I don't put that much, I don't put that much effort into like trying to get them to say things that they might not say, or you know what I mean? Like, or to go into their story, like to dive deeper than they wanted to, or they thought they were going to, I don't, I, we just talk. I know. And that's the thing. It's, it comes very naturally to you, but it is really a skill set. And I think when we've been doing something for so long, we forget that it is a skill set. And the way that you listen to people requires, it's a different kind of listening. You told me that. It, yeah, it really, it's, it's, it's not the kind of listening you should do if you want to be like a good human. Uh, <laughs> you mean in like regular conversations right. don't don't take nick's well, advice on this right well you know like i mean you know what's the 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 seven habits that they've you know taken and assimilated into like schools and stuff now where it's oh, yeah. first to understand well kind of i do that but not really i, I i'm really listening like okay what's the next thing i want to ask or uh, what is your answer that makes me more curious mm-hmm yeah. I rather rather than just taking taking in your story, I'm looking for where to poke you. And I do oh, like and now I know. You're looking for where to poke the person. Just kidding. <laughs> like, I think those that know me know I do like to poke people. Yeah, I, you, it, like to ask, you like to ask hard questions. I just, you know, especially like elected officials and, and people in leadership roles, they should be poked. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So let's actually go along those lines. Uh-oh. Is this where you this is where you get your revenge? This is where I get my revenge. For those Are you that ready? No. Apparently, I don't believe this story. First time I met Lisa, I made her cry with questions. Yeah, I mean, it's actually an entire chapter in my book which uh, Lies. May, makes it begs the question like Nick, you said that you've never read that chapter. I would I would love to hear why you haven't read that. Oh, no, chapter. I have read it. Oh, you I have? It, okay, yeah. I thought you didn't read it. No, no, I didn't know i had a chapter until you sent like your preview of your book out oh okay yeah that's fair i didn't know i didn't know any of the things like like we have become friends but you had never shared that story yeah with me and so like when i read that first chapter that you said i'm like oh i i never knew <laughs> and then you shared the chapter that was apparently about me where well, the jury's still out whether it was actually me uh yeah i had no idea because i went away from meeting you thinking oh i met somebody cool that was we made friends we had some similar things yeah yeah and no apparently i was a giant obnoxious jerk no you were not though like and here's here's what i love about this and this is why i wanted to talk about this in particular so just to catch you all up there's a chapter in my book where nick was interviewing me and he asked me some really difficult questions and made me cry the first time we met. There we go. I got I got to catch them up, you know? <laughs> and so what I want to know is walking away from that situation, you and I had very different perspectives of that conversation. So I'd love to hear more about, you know, how you felt when you left that conversation and what your perception of that was. Um, 
I really thought I walked away like some I'd met somebody. We clicked like we had we'd left our corporate jobs or and asked to leave our corporate jobs at the same time. We were figuring out how to be, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs at the same time. Um, Close-ish in age. (laughs) Close-ish. Nick, you're smart. You're not going to reveal my age. I appreciate that. I've learned that lesson. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I kind of felt like there was a connection there. We, We shared some similar things. It's a you had opened a cool new business. That was when you opened the Browning, the B and B. So that was why I was there. Was I was just doing a story about a new business in town. Um, and and honestly, I think I walked away too. Like maybe I can get her to advertise. Mm, that'd be great. I can make some money. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I I remember. I don't remember. I went. I went to a maybe it was a downtown meeting or something after that. And I was like, Hey, have you guys met Liesl at the Browning? She's she's awesome. That place is going to be cool. <laughs> Little did I know. That apparently I'd like, you know, stabbed you or something. And, I mean, you basically did. I cried in the bathroom. But <laughs> I will tell you this. I have, it's been a long time since that happened. And I kind of had the ability <laughs> to pick That's apart. Make me feel better. I like you now. <laughs> You're like one of my favorite people now. But I had the ability later to kind of pick that whole situation apart. And I actually do pick it apart in the book and talk about, you know, my perception of that conversation. But I also very much recognize that you making me cry was actually more about me than it was about you. And so anyway, I'm just letting you know, you did make me cry, but I think it might have been my fault. So <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do. Because my personality too, is like, if, if somebody's crying, mm-hmm. I have to try to fix it. Yeah. I'm like that. I'm like, I'm that dad where the kids like stop trying to fix things. You can you just let listen. And I have trouble with that. Yeah, I get that. Okay. So now we're going to go to back to Nick Parker, Okay, just the man, Nick <laughs> Parker. Okay. So let's go back to six years ago. Okay. And when you started Linktly Summit, what, what was your goal when you started Linktly Summit? What did you want your business to really become for the Lee Summit community? It was an accidental business. Okay. I really, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, with my career. Um, I, I wanted to write again. My background is newspapers. I'd been in newspapers for all of my adult life until the previous seven years where I was in corporate marketing. Um, I should never have been in corporate marketing. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Does, do I, any of us want to be in corporate marketing I mean, for real? No, no nobody, nobody but does. especially people like us. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it was, look, 2008 happened. Uh, my boss, the COO of the, the newspaper chain I worked for was let go. Um, I ran a division that was his baby. So guess who was mm. next after him? Uh, it was fine, but it was 2008. There were not, not a lot of news jobs happening then. And so I, I okay, I can transfer my skill set to marketing. And a, a company in Kansas City was kind enough to to take that risk, and it was fine. It just wasn't me, and I don't think I realized it or realized the bad work situation I was in until until it was over. And so, anyway, wait, wait, hold on, I'm stopping you. What do you mean uh, it wasn't you? Um, I have a personality where I need to feel ownership in the work I do. I need to believe in it. I I didn't care. It was like it was for a commercial real estate company, and and buildings do not excite me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I just I there buildings were, don't excite you. There were you. very They're few so projects exciting. that I worked on in seven years that I got excited about. Mm-hmm. And you should be excited about what you do, or you're no good to yourself, or you're not good for the people you're working with or working for. 
Yeah. So that was and, the catalyst yeah. that got you. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, I don't, I didn't realize a lot of that as most of us do until it was too late. What do you mean it was too late? Well, until I was, until I was, until I was done, until I was out of the door. So you were like totally until done. I was out the door. Um, anyway, and so in 2015, I was looking for what to do. I managed to scrape up some some freelance projects that let me keep going, doing websites and writing marketing content and things for people, which was fine. Um, and as I was figuring it out, I realized I just needed to write again. I needed to tell stories again. Um the Lee Summit Journal was a paper I was an editor for long ago. Um, it was changing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the Tribune still exists, but it is not the community paper it should be. Um, and nobody was covering at that time. Nobody was covering really business stuff. They weren't doing local business. They weren't talking about economic development. And economic development is one thing I kind of did get excited and learned about in my in my brief period of time in commercial real estate. I got to do some work with with some of the teams of that company that worked in different cities, and and it intrigued me. It was something new to learn. So I thought, hey, I'll write about local businesses and economic development, and like I just wanted to do it. So it was just an idea you had. Like, was there a moment in time where you were like, oh, this has become a thing? Like, this is actually a business? Yeah. So um, I, along with the blogs, I built uh, an app because I was curious, like, how do you build an app? I don't know. So I built Yeah, that's app. such a normal thing to ask yourself. I mean, all of us are like, how do I build well, an I app? Been, I might have but... been a few years too late. Like, <laughs> 2015 wasn't really the app boom. But um, so I built a business directory. And I did it by scratch, by hand, and found as close as I could, every business operating in Lee Summit. And every business owner or manager I could find, I put on an email list. And I built that list. I built the app. I learned, uh, I quickly learned that uh, it's hard to build a good app. Mm. It's also hard to compete against Google. So, you know, I, I mean, I had that app for like two they're years. They're like a little known player in the market. Yeah, I mean, the traffic was fine, but, it, yeah. you know, it just, there wasn't, there wasn't a great reason to keep it going and to keep pushing people to it. Um, so I had a newsletter that I did and I had the site and then I, so that started in 2016 is when I started Linked to Lee Summit. And after a few months, I was, as people do, it, you know, before the dark times of the pandemic, they were dark times, you know, they, a lot of people would go hang out at whistle stop or where whatever coffee shops, right. And hang out. So I was in whistle stop one day and I wanted out of the home office. So I was going to work. And there were a few people talking about the website. Like, hey, I saw this thing. And they were, and I was like, oh, people are paying attention. It's not just something I was doing just to, it was an outlet when I started. It was just an outlet to be creative again. But people were stories. actually consuming. People were consuming. And work. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should do something with this. And so I started. And in 2016, uh, we had some interesting local political times. <laughs> mm -hmm. We certainly did. Um, so I decided, look, I'll expand. I'll, I'll cover the local elections. I'll write about what's going on. You know, there was a, there had been a recall. They were going, and then as we all started, right, we moved into, there was another recall election. And so luckily for me, there was some good content fodder, things for me to write out and things that the people in the community cared about, but there was nobody really digging into the local elections. And actually asking candidates tough-ish questions. I mean, like I, I you are the tough-ish question uh, asker, know, like, which is I good. I look. I, I like to say I'm the only one that was asking tough questions, but I don't think I don't know that I ever was really asking 
super hard questions. I was just, I was asking pointed questions. I was asking candidates and elected officials to, you know, take a stand on things or to ask, say, why, why does it happen this way? Why are you thinking this way? And, and here's a real issue, not just, you know, your four bullet points on your campaign flyer. Like, Hey, this thing is happening in the community. What do you really think about it? Let's talk about it. And where do you come from? And nobody was, nobody's doing that and still not doing that. And um, really here. Yeah. So my question is, you know, this is, it was a focus area for you for a long time. I mean, you gave voices to, no, you're gonna make me do this, I you? am going to make you do this. You know, you gave voices to so many politicians, um, school board, you know, so tell me, why did you transition out of that? When did you make that decision that you were going to no longer cover the political landscape in At Lee the Summit? last possible second. Okay. When was that? Uh, when Jason Norberry, who was the original co-host, when he left the podcast uh, to take a job at City Hall in, in the city of Blue Springs, and you came on. And I... I've I had been debating back and forth, and you know, just because we're friends, we talked about it. But but I had been debating it for a long time, and I I just decided I don't have the energy mm -hmm. for it. Um, also, uh, also, and, and, and not mean. I don't know that you were ready. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. I mean, this role of what we do is it, it's a little different. Um, you've interviewed a lot of people, you've talked to a lot of people, you have no problem talking to people, but it's it's a little different kind of thing. And I thought, you know what, let's just, let's lean into what we're both, you know, we both are good at just bringing in a guest and let's, Hey, let's tell your story. Yeah, absolutely. So and I'm that. the warm fuzzy. You are. I'm the warm fuzzies <laughs> on your podcast. And Jason, Jason was not, he would attest to not being no, that. You, um, I, we're going to help you find your, your inner cynic. <laughs> yeah. My inner cynic, but I'm going back to a question, NP, because you, you I know you didn't. I gave so you, a political you totally gave me the political answer. So my question is, why did covering that landscape, that political landscape here become draining for you? Before I answer it, I'll go back to the beginning. Okay, go. So we, when we started the podcast in 2017, uh, that was during uh, a recall election over in then council district four. Uh, it ended up recalling council member Chris Moreno. Yep, never forget it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a crazy kind of heated moment in the community. There was a lot going on. Um, when Jason and I started the podcast, we really wanted it to be how to be informed and be involved and how easy is it to be involved in the community. That was that was the basis for everything. So it starts with how do you get involved? It starts with being an informed voter. So we were going to talk about issues. We're going to talk about the candidates. And also we interviewed a lot of people, you know, that, ran local charities and things like that. Um, I like local politics. I enjoy it. I don't enjoy state politics. I don't enjoy national politics. And that's because there's there's BS there. Yeah, like, sure. Where can you really make a difference? Right in your backyard. And so that's why when we talked about stuff, it was really we only wanted to cover the things here in Lee Summit because that's where people can make the most impact on their community. That's where they can affect the most change. Um, so then fast forward in what was that? COVID ruined my perspective on time. COVID so ruined all of our perspective. Yeah, 2022. Last spring's election mm. was really the first time that the national flavoring of the political landscape hit our local level. Um, we had, you know, by city charter. This is a not, these are nonpartisan elections. Uh, we had people just totally ignore that. 
mm-hmm. and they came out and local political parties and, and, and action committees were like, here's our slate, you know, here are, here are the people that match this party. Yeah. You should vote for them. And so it took away, you know, what you were passionate about they when it came to local politics. They, and they weren't real issues, right? Right. They're the 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 baiting issues of political parties, right? Like how do you how do you rile people up up whatever your base is? How do you rile them up and get them to just vote for a ticket and vote for a party? And that goes against everything and it was hard A it was hard just to listen to people continue to blather on about issues that aren't real issues locally then it was hard to get them when you did get them to sit down to give you a real answer on things. yeah and what were when you did get people to sit down right well what? here's the other thing is people started people started you know if they felt that their their side their team wasn't you know wasn't supported then they would just ignore them. they're like oh we don't have to talk to you well, that's not the way it works. I mean, you have to talk to the people. You, you The people need to know who they're voting for, and they need to be able to hear you talk about real issues. And it just got it got so personal. I mean, the, the mayoral race in particular got Very so personal. personal that whenever somebody would make a public statement or a social media post that disliked the other person, you know, they would just they, they would just go crazy. And they take it as a personal attack. And the thing you got to remember in local politics is even though we're a town of 100,000 plus, we all know each other. We do. We all know each other. It's, you know, the people that are serving are our neighbors, our friends. They own the business down the street or they go to a church with you or whatever, right? Your your kids play ball together. And so it's it's your neighbors. Yeah. And, and it, you can't just make that mental wall of your team, whoever, so I can't like you anymore. For sure. So if, if you had a magic wand, Ooh, get ready. If you had a magic wand and everybody you know, would think like me, this ne- <laughs> everyone would think like you. Oh, wait, that's the whole problem we're talking that about. That is the whole problem we're talking about. But if you could, you know, change what that looks like, let's just say the next election, what, what would politics in Lee summit look like well, in your world? If you could fix what happened before. Uh, okay, I will start. I will start here and say, look, I'm probably back the next election. We'll cover it again. I have, I will apologize. I have shirked my journalistic responsibilities. Totally shirked. Totally shirked. Because again, look you. around. Nobody's covering what people are talking about. I mean, we have a guest columnist at Linked Lee Summit who's who's written about some things, but it's not. That's a columnist. That's an informed person, but an informed person with an opinion. Right, hundred percent. Right which are different things. Um, nobody's, nobody's covering. I mean, you know, some people just copied and pasted the press releases that says I'm running for office. Here's, here's why people should love me. Why do you think that is Nick? Why do you think it's not something that is covered here in our community? It takes a lot of work. Okay. It takes a lot of work. I mean, you've got to be willing to, you know, leave your office. You've got to be willing to make calls. You've got to be willing to invite somebody to sit down in a chair and ask them a question. They may not want to be asked or ask them a question and they sit there for three minutes in silence and you just wait them out. Yeah. And, and also I think it takes an, it takes a, a willingness and an ability to force the issue to sometimes to take whatever's on their flyer or their posts and say, that's not a real issue. Right. 
Or, I mean, I'm going to say this. Like, we get a lot of talk right now in the school board about, you know, these candidates want to change the curriculum. We got to fix the curriculum. We got to fix what's in the libraries. Well, here's the thing. A school board member doesn't get to do those. Right. Like, a school board has very, very narrow parameters of power. Mm-hmm. And it's always fun to watch school board, new school board members get on and, and like you can kind of watch that realization happen. Oh, I don't get to, And that's why I always ask one of the questions I ask every school board candidate is what are the priorities? What are your jobs? Do you understand what it is that you do? And, you know, do you do you do you realize that curriculum comes from Jefferson City? The state tells every school district, here's what you're teaching. Yeah. And I think, Nick, one of the things that you did was, you know, as community members, we're all super busy, right? We all have our our windshield. We have our own worlds. Some of us have kids, jobs, all the things. And we're so used to just like sound bites being fed to us. And then, you know, if it's on a flyer or it's a candidate that's in the same party that we mostly affiliate with, we just roll with it, right? But what what your goal was is it was informing the education or our community to get that education and understand this is actually what a school board member does. They have no impact on the curriculum and you continue to do that. Just even with how the podcast is now, we get to see different facets of our community that, that most people, you know, don't have visibility to, but you do in your work. And so I have a question for you. Yeah. I'm gonna, before you ask, yeah, go, I, I want to throw, throw on to that. And I think the other thing too is, we also tried to have fun with it. We to to remind you that this is your neighbor, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you can access these people and you can talk to them. And so we would do things like, look, I'm if I put a plate in front of you, one plate of burgers, one plate of tacos, which one are you choosing? And look, if they answered burger, I would tell you not to vote for them because tacos are well, tacos are sub- burger. apparently better, you know, or or after we did that for a couple of years, we changed it. We said, look, every the world knows tacos are better. So let's just who's got the best tacos in town. And the greatest answer we ever received was from a school board candidate who did not win, by the way. But the best answer ever was he said Taco Bell. I mean, how courageous. I know. You said that. And I'm just like, oh, that's. I mean, the most courageous answer. It's very courageous. Ever given was that he loves the Taco Bell tacos above all others in town. And look, that was that was fantastic. But it also, I think it's a good way to do goofy stuff like that. Yeah, and you humanize people. Yeah, that these are humans and they're a part of your community and there's somebody that you can just see in the street. Yeah, absolutely. And talk to. It's not like, look, in Jefferson City and Washington, D.C., those are basically inaccessible people. Unless you are, you know, in some kind of business relationship or a part of the political inner circles, you don't get to talk to them. You get to send emails and letters and phone calls that are not returned. Right. Absolutely. Or they're returned by form and automation. But your council members, your board members, you can you can talk to them. You can see them. You can go to the parade we had a couple of weeks ago, right, for Emerald Isle. And there they are standing on the street with their kids. But, you know, that's the beauty of what you do in telling local stories is you're giving people access to individuals that they might not ever meet in our community, but reminding them that they are are our community and you're humanizing individuals 
because you know what? It's a lot harder to throw mud at people when you're sitting next to them at the chamber lunch or you see them at Rotary or, you know, there's this, there's the human element, which I think is what you've tried to accomplish. Yeah. Especially on the local political level. And, and, right. And, and a great example of that is uh, our a current district one council member, Mia Pryor. Mm -hmm. She ran for Love office her. because there was only one person running for that seat. And like, she realized she said there needs to be a contest. People should have a choice. I'm curious. I like I like local politics. You know, she liked following along. She liked doing things. She's like, somebody needs to run against. I'll stand up and serve. Yeah. Which takes a lot of courage, but also just, you know, it's just someone in the community. Yeah. And it's it's quite a story to collect that probably none of us may ever know. I mean, you've been collecting stories on this podcast for the last six years. So 600 plus yeah, episodes. 600 plus episodes. So, you know, as you think about the stories you've collected, what are some of your favorite ones? Like if you could prioritize your top two favorite stories besides the interviews you had with me, because clearly, clearly those are clearly. one and two. Clearly, clearly. It's hard. Uh, so I did that a little bit when we hit the 600 a few months ago. And I'll apologize again. We we, we recorded an anniversary episode where you uh, sat with yeah. me and, and mm -hmm. Jason came back there. in. Uh, it was a therapeutic and fun episode for it the three of us. It was great. It was not awesome for anybody else. So no, we I mean, we're the only ones who wanted to listen to that <laughs> a podcast. Lot of in, a lot of inside <laughs> jokes that w nobody else would laugh at. Yeah. And whatever anyway uh, so but i did as we neared 600 I, I i i did look back at episodes i was interested to note and this is where i also apologize our audience at link to lee summit and at the lee summit town hall po podcast would quadruple or more during election cycles so people do want to hear those things i just couldn't do it this year i didn't have the energy and look i'll say it all right there's a lot of bs around this selection there are people bringing up issues that aren't real issues i don't want to talk about books in the library because whatever yeah but that's not those are those are issues that are handed down from political action committees and to something else and you know and there are there are groups most of the candidates now i would say are you know some group is pushing them and handing down talking points that's not what it should be about Okay, so I'm going to ignore the fact that you didn't answer my question, and I'm going to go with your tangent, and then we're going back. Uh, no, so, I'll go back to no, it. no, no, here's my thing. Over here, you have this understanding that people are consuming your podcast based on... <laughs> and I still said no. <laughs> yeah, and you still said no. So, like, it's it's so interesting to me because, um, so, yes, maybe I'm not ready, but I'm willing to tell you that I'm willing to learn, and I'm not afraid of it. I'm not so, using you as an excuse. Oh, no, no, I didn't think I, you were. That little bit of it helped me get to where I need to be. And this is actually something I've learned from you over the last few years. I had to set that boundary for myself. I needed a little bit of time mm -hmm. to recover. And and just, you know, it's been a hard few years for everybody, right? And and I just didn't have it in me to chase those stories and to chase down candidates and, and, then, and then spend hours poking them. Yeah, a hundred percent. I get it. And you know, you the know, best like, way to argue with me is to use my own <laughs> advice. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I I use that as examples. I was looking at like what were my favorite things. Where did I feel like we did a really good job? And and it was interesting to me because I think oftentimes candidate interviews are the most boring to me. 
because you know what the answers are for the most part. I mean, we were surprised a few times. Um, but it's nice to know that people appreciated it and that it, it got, you know, it reached the audience more, more, more than some others. But uh, there are some that stand out. Um, I don't know if people remember, but I, when I first started, I had two podcasts in Lee Summit. So there was one called Town Hall that I did with Jason, and then I would do one on Fridays called Community Voices. And it just started that way. I don't know why I decided to make it two separate things. I just did. Um, but it started because I met a student, a Lee Summit North student, um, when I was part of Lee Summit Arts Council. She had won the old Got Talent competition that Lee Summit Cares did yep, as a fundraiser. I remember. She was a senior at North, and... She came in because the Lee Summit Arts Council had sponsored the scholarship that she won. She came into an Arts Council meeting to, to thank us, and then she played. She, Her whole family comes in. So cute. Her whole family's there with her. She picks up her, her, her ukulele. It was a purple ukulele. Nice. And she says, this is a song I wrote about my grandmother after she died. And she played this just sweet, beautiful song. And my editor reporter brain just went off like i have to tell that story i need to find out how is how is somebody this young that talented a musician but also i mean just just there's a story there about her grandmother there's a reason she said the things about her and she said it that way and so i uh i went i i talked to her and i i went to the family's house and they took me to their basement full of music instruments and things that turns out they're all musicians. Oh, I love that. The That's parents, really cool. Three kids. So I do an interview with her. I pulled the parents in, talked to them a little bit about their daughter and, and, you know, got to, got to kind of embarrass her a little bit with parents gushing about her, which is always fun. Talked to the brother and the sister a, a little bit. Um, and then turned on the camera too. And she sang. And her family sang that song again with her. They were all played. And and it was just, it was one of the coolest things. And that started that Community Voices podcast, which eventually I just combined back into the one. But I, you know, I talked to people like her, Tina Garrett, who is a world-renowned artist that lives in downtown Lee Summit. Um, she was a fun, a fun interview. Um, my buddy, Hubert Neth, who I got to know when I was at the journal and still friends with him, an amazing poet and super nice guy. Uh, I interviewed him while he was, before he retired, he was at um, Grace United Methodist Church. We sat in the back of the church and talked and I walked out of there and I said, I don't know if this is going to be good for anybody else to listen to, but it was great for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, he's just this genuine, sweet human. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, you've had the opportunity to meet just some really cool people in this community and you've also given them the opportunity to share their story in a way they probably don't have the opportunity to. So I want to know a little bit more though, because I think most people know about Nick Parker, Linked to Lee Summit. They know about, you know, your political forums and discussions, <laughs> but I don't know if everybody knows you as a community member. And so tell me a little bit about how you, you know, fit into this community. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family, just make it a little more personal. I want to know about you, Nick Parker. <laughs> I, well, I will tell you, I, my wife, Stephanie. Who, She's a saint. 
The woman is a saint. Absolutely. She is. Um, she actually, really is. Also, one of my favorite guests. I had her as a guest once. Oh, I didn't know that. You never told me that. Uh, so 2018 was her five-year cancer-free anniversary. Yep. Uh, my wife is a breast cancer survivor. Um, when she had the five-year anniversary, she didn't, she's like, don't throw me a party. I want to do something to raise awareness. I want to, I want to do some good, which is again, another reason why she's awesome. Right? Like, so we did a cancer awareness event here in downtown Lee summit, um, partnered up with Ben Rayo and bridge space who he's also a cancer survivor. Um, and we did this awareness event and we did skin screenings and we had mammogram bus in, and it was, it was awesome. And, and that we know of, cause you know, things are confidential that we know of. There were four early detections. Wow. Out of that event. That's amazing. And that's just from people who, you know, some of them we knew personally, so actually one was family. Um, people came back and said, Hey, thanks for that event. We caught it. We caught it in time. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I mean, one of the things that I just love um, about that story, you and Stephanie, I mean, her being diagnosed was obviously devastating, a, a devastating traumatic experience for you. And and my well, question for you is, to make like, it more about me than her. I mean, look, I'm I'm a guy who lost his father to cancer. Yes, I was eight yes. years old, and 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 my dad died at 38. I hit 30. My, both my bro older brother and I both like feared that age. We <laughs> grew up like, are we going to make it past 38? Well, so we did. And then my wife hit 38. And that's when she was diagnosed, diagnosed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I might, I might have been screaming at the ether. A little yeah. Bit. I understand why you what were, happened. but, but you're so I had before that event, I had her on and I interviewed her about her story, which was the most surreal thing in the world. Yeah. What was it like? I, Cause Obviously, I lived it with her, but I, I don't have her perspective. I mean, she went through it. I was the caretaker, and I was doing you know things to keep the house, right? You know what I mean? But she actually had to go through it. So it was just – it was weird to, to talk to her about it, not as the husband, but as the – try to be the professional interviewer guy. Um. And she let in a few things that that surprised. I can't even remember the specifics now, but there were some things that surprised me. And to hear her open up, which she does not do. Look, she's not like me. <laughs> um, she's a teacher. She teaches elementary school. She'll talk to any kid in the world, but but she does not like to open up and you know in front of adults. Yeah. So I'm sure that episode had to have been really emotional for the two of you. She made me cry. She did. I mean, you didn't, but she did. I know she did. I mean, <laughs> terminal illness. We'll let, we'll let her win on that one. But I love that story because I think it's also the catalyst. If I remember for you kind of making that dramatic career change, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that led, led to a lot of it. I mean, that was, that was, that was rough. Yeah. So tell us about, your son, Charlie. <laughs> uh, he's 16. He, he's decided now he, he does want to learn to drive. That's weird. Oh, I know. He didn't want to learn to drive yeah. for a while, right? Yeah. Uh, he is a lot like me, which I, I'm sorry, uh, but also I think makes my mother happy that, that that's her revenge. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, he's a lot like me, but he's also he's, he's so much smarter uh, than I was at that age. and. I, I I don't know the right way to describe him because I think this comes off as pithy 
and we use overuse it for some people. You know, he's a he's a bit of a social justice warrior, and I don't I don't really like that because I don't know the connotations. Mm-hmm. But he just he has a very deep sense of fairness and justice and 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 the way people should treat each other. He's very empathetic. Yeah, you have really deep conversations with him too, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like I never would have had those at you know. 14, 15, 16. Yeah, like what? Tell I, wanted, me. I wanted to play baseball and, you know, and go outside on my BMX. Bike. We were talking about this today, though, Nick. Like, I just feel like our our kids, they are so much more mature than us than we were in eighth grade or ninth grade. Like, I just, they feel like old souls in a lot of ways. And I'm sort of wondering why they're not parenting me. Like I, <laughs> like I question that legitimately. I know. And it's weird because as, as parents, right. Cause you see these things and, and you have a conversation like I, I, for some reason yesterday afternoon, we went from a conversation about his love of cinematography um, and, and writing. He, he's a writer um, to talking about race and how we treat each other and then he got into asking questions and talking about how we judge past figures based on today's perspectives yeah because you know the worlds are different totally and 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 the way we see things change and i I had to leave and go to a, a a work thing and and uh and he said thanks dad i appreciate it i'm like well, good. I'm glad that was fun talking to you. I'm glad we got to sit down and talk. And he said, yeah, you know, playing video games and other stuff with you is fun. But sometimes it's good to just have a pointed conversation. A pointed conversation. You. Pointed conversation. I mean, that's that sounds I mean, so adult, right? I mean, do we even say pointed conversation? Yeah. It's, and he's always had a great vocabulary. But sometimes the way he uses it, too. Like, it's not just that he has these words and he can use them. He he can use them as the right. thing. They're actually intentional yeah, is what I, I, I'm hearing you say. Like, he's not just showing off his, his word skills. Right. He's not the kid who's like, I'm just going to write an essay answer with all the big words I can. And that's how I succeed. No, he's, he's thoughtful about the right word that, to express what he's thinking. So what was the hardest question he asked you yesterday? I don't know if I can remember. Honestly, I just, I, it was just one of those moments where wait a minute, we started talking about um he's telling about a fight scene that he liked in a movie and then it went to different things about how and he takes film classes at, at least some in high school and he he loves when he watches movies he watches how it's made more than he watches anything or he'll or he'll pause and be like i really like how that was written like did you hear the speech that guy just gave or something you know and, and he's always done that where I just kind of, especially the f- a first watch of something, I just absorb it. But I remember he was little, he would pick up on soundtracks. And he'd even, you know, at like six or seven years old, he'd look over at us and say, hey, did you, the music there was really cool. Huh? What? You're like, what's happening? What? And I was watching that cool car drive fast. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you know, whatever. But he, he picks up on those things and he, he you know, he remembers it and yeah. uses it for later. Yeah, he does. And I think I say this regularly, if if those are the children that are going to lead you know, our the next generation in this world, like I'm grateful for that because 
I truly believe that they think deeply about issues in a way that we don't. I just lost my earring. Do you see that, that happen? Was, that was weird. That was so weird. I it just like, like oh, fell from it's the ceiling. Yeah, no, nope. That's my earring. It's all oh, good. That's good. It's good. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna lead our future, like I, I feel really good about that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting you bring that up. So this year he is taking part in a in a team project I do every year, or not every year, but we've. This is the third or fourth time we've done it. Um, it's a podcast project called I Can Relate. And it came out of, uh, it spawned out of some work I did with Lisa McCares and their youth mental health and suicide prevention task force several years ago. Um, but it's a podcast that, that teens host. They choose the topics. They talk about it. Charlie's taking part in it, in, it, in it this year. But it's so cool. I mean, I always tell them, look, my job is just to hit the record button. I'll help you, you know walk through to find your ideas or you know how to talk about them when you decide like how to do a good podcast but it's it's your content i let them do it. I, I literally all i do is hit record yeah and what kind of issues do they talk about everything um it, over this uh, this is the third full season so it started out with i gave a group of them uh the town hall podcast i let them take it over they did a podcast takeover for three episodes um and so now and then it became i can relate and they came up with their own name because their whole idea that group was that we want to talk about issues that matter to us and the idea is that if we do that our peers we can relate to each other if we understand the thing then we can all relate to each other and we can have a better world yeah we can have better connection yeah, yeah ex exactly and they tackle hard issues they did they, they, right look they've talked about uh relationships with parents they've talked about romantic relationships they've talked about race and diversity they've talked about uh social media and its effect on them um, there was one episode they talked about one of them said you know what i took a break for four months i didn't get on social media for four months and it was great she said i still like it i'm back on it but i just needed to walk away yeah um they talk. They, they we haven't posted episodes for this year yet, but one of the ones they just recorded was they they talked about um, the transition from middle school to high school and how weird it is. And part of that conversation was some of them who like you know Charlie's of the age. He's a sophomore now. He's of the age where he, you know he really only had a semester of middle school. Right. Oh yeah, in so person because he, he, he was really during COVID. He did. Yeah. So he did seventh grade and March of his seventh grade year. It all stopped. He was one of the ones that just we decided to keep him home during his eighth grade year because it, it just was an easier decision for us. Yeah. Right. Like I, I didn't want to have to go back and forth. I'm like, I oh, hear there's one thing I can figure that out, which they were all bad decisions. <laughs> Nobody had it good that year, but he didn't have middle school. And then there were a couple of juniors in the group and they're like, well, our, our weird COVID year that we missed was freshman. So they went from middle school to being a sophomore. And so they talked about how the transition is weird but also they talked about how they felt like they were affected differently than like their older siblings or other people they've talked to. And then also in the group was, so there was Charlie as a sophomore, um, Ellie and Lillian who are juniors and Nikise was sitting in the Southern chair and he's an eighth grader. So he's getting ready to do the transition. And he's like, I don't know if you guys are making me excited or scared. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> I'm guessing both. But I mean, so they, they really the 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 topics are all over the board. They talked about body image, um, peer pressure, uh, which is funny because they say it's not what us olds think it is. That it's different than what it was when we were there. And and they talk about a lot of those things. 
and it's so it's enlightening to hear them in a space where they can just talk it's you know we we say safe space a lot and i think it's become cliche and but, that's true it has but 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 it is you know they close the door here in the vault and they just talk and they're so kind and open to each other i mean we seriously we have from eighth grade to senior which is a huge it's a major gap yeah. emotional and developmental gap and there is so much respect back and forth between them. And 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 when we started, obviously the group for my first meeting was bigger than the ones that are still doing it, right? Because you have some that just sure. either can't or decide not to. But and there were a couple of of eighth graders who were very nervous and concerned about being in a group with a senior and like, will there be respect? And will I be allowed to talk? Or will the seniors boss me around? And I wish they had stuck around to see what this is and what it becomes because I've watched it a few times now. Um, but, but really here, the thing is that it makes you think we can, we can give them the keys. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It fact, is. Matter of fact, they're probably going to be better than we are. I know. I, I say that all the time, but I mean, here's the thing, Nick, you, this is so characteristic of your Myers-Briggs, which I know you don't know the word jumbled are you, are you, jargon. Are you going to get into like your, your, uh, your, your, uh, what, what? My Myers-Briggs or personality assessments. Your personality assessments. But like one of the things that you do so well is you give a voice to people who traditionally you wouldn't think about giving a voice to. And that, that goes throughout all of your work. It's important. It's a, yeah. It's a tie for you and it's, it's a thread. There's, that's how you make your community work. Yeah. And I mean, and I'll tell you, the reason that podcast came about or this whole thing with the teens is because when I was asked to be a part of that task force, which came after, if people remember, there was a year where we had a lot of suicides. We just had a string of them in our community. Um, and some people were talking. When, when one of them happened, uh, I sent an email to Terry Trafton and, and, and said, hey, I have this platform. Could we, should we talk about suicide and youth? I don't know. I got an email back in 20 minutes from him that said, I've got six people. Let's do it. And so we did. We we borrowed a giant conference room from a local attorney. Um, thank you, Zach. Uh, and we put way too many people for a podcast, right? Like that's a lot of voices. Yeah. And for, we've done that a, before. Right? It is. It's yeah, a lot. For audio only. Yes. It's, it's a lot for people to track, but. It was a great conversation, and I went out of it learning a lot. But the the main thing I learned was that all through my journalism school and training was that you don't report on suicides. You don't talk about it in the newspaper because that might make somebody do it. That might create the copycat. We were wrong. We've been wrong. Mm. I, I, remember, I remember going back to my desk. I ran home to my home office, and I'm texting my friends who are you know still reporters. You know, one's up in Chicago, one's in Texas. But guys. We've been doing it wrong. And like, I'm like, they were giving me data that says we have to talk about it. And my, and you know, one of them, he's like, send me the data. I, I need to see this. And so I did, I shared with him and that started it. And so then they asked me to be on the, on that, on that task force. And, and there are a lot of great people in the community on there. And most of them, majority of them are from the healthcare field naturally or the first responders. Um, but after a while, I was like, guys, I don't know what half the crap you're saying. I mean, like, 
I had no idea that you don't call emergency rooms ERs anymore. They kept saying ED, and I'm like, uh, what commercial? Yeah, you're like, wait, I'm confused. What commercial am I watching on TV? <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. But, you know, I think I just, like, kind of screamed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was funny because I'm like, why are we talking about ED? What? Why is this in relationship yeah, to depression this? and yeah. anxiety? And um, and, and you know, and I and I joke too that you know I'm the only one around that giant table that didn't have uh, you know letters behind their name, right? I had no alphabet soup uh, qualifications, and I and I said, guys, where are the kids? What'd they say? And they all stopped. Oh, yeah. And so we ended up doing surveys of youth through uh, you know several of the neighboring school districts as well as Lee Summit. Um, and then we started doing some uh, it was like panel discussions with some of the students about like, hey, here are the results. What do you guys think about this? And we talked about it. And that's where I think from that, after doing a few of those panels around the community, I think from that I, I, is where we got to, hey, why don't we grab a few of these, let them come in and steal the podcast and talk about some things that they want to talk about. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't the first thing you've done in the community. Like I think about just the ways you've impacted the community you serve on boards you're involved in volunteering i can't say no to people i know well it's I'm also because you and i have a new rule where we just like nominate each other for boards <laughs> like just yeah it's good it's good that's our new game it's like oh you want to nominate me for a board nick parker cool i'll be nominating you for a board <laughs> right, now yeah. Yeah. yeah but tell us a little bit more about that side of your life and your commitment to the community and and why you're passionate about that community work. Well, I think it's it it, it, it starts with what you said earlier, voice. I, I and you know maybe that's my newspaper background or whatever, but I just everybody needs that's how it works. You have to speak up. I mean, you know, my favorite cliche is decisions are made by those that show up. So you everybody's got and like I just want to encourage people to talk. Let's talk about the real issues, the things that are happening. Even if it's hey, did you see that story in the paper? That guy is awesome. He, you know, he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show or whatever, right? You know, I mean, it can be as simple as that. Or it could be, you know, uh, whatever story. It, it could be anything. But I think it starts there. Um, I was at the Summit Journal from, what, 98 or 99 to 2005. And I worked with some amazing people at that newspaper then. We were, I, I, I have no trouble saying this, we were the best newspaper in the state. And we got some hardware to prove it. <laughs> But I, amazing people. We had, uh, a, you know, a photographer who would routinely win first, second, and third place at the Missouri Press Association Awards. Right, like he'd just sweep the categories. He was, he was awesome. You know, uh, Trisha Drape was there with us, leading that team on the editorial side. You know, Matt Birdmeyer, who has been around as an editor and writer both for the Journal and later, later for the the Tribune earlier iteration of it. Um, great people. I'll leave, I'll leave people out, but it was an amazing team all the way around it we really told the stories of the community we captured so much i mean 9 11 is probably my it's a horrible day but it's it's my proudest professional moment because we took this global event and were able to capture the local perspective of that as it, as it happened mm -hmm. what was the local perspective uh I think it was, it was really, it was just, it was just, it was what were the people's reactions? I mean, there was a, there was a photo that Jeff got of people in, where were they? I, I think it might've even been at, at, at uh, neighbor cafe. 
just these people watching a tiny TV that was up on a shelf by the ceiling, just watching it happen. Or, or, or you know, I think there was a similar shot from from John's barber shop. Uh, but it was just it was just how did the community take in what was happening? Um, and then later, like the one story I wrote was, I think she was the sister in law of the pilot of the plane that went down in Pittsburgh. This was a Lisa resident. Um, there was a Lisa resident who died near the towers, who lost his life. Uh, you know, there were, so there were a lot of connections, but it was also, it was really, it, it wasn't, it was just, it was just, how did our community react to this thing as the day went on? I mean, it, the whole world stopped. And for me, because my job was to sit at a desk and collect everything and put the paper together. Right. Um, so I never left the building. I remember I got to work about seven that morning. Um, and one of our reporters, Russ came in, he's like, Hey, we got to flip something on. I was in the car on the way here and a plane hit the twin towers, something. What? And so it took a while. I could find it in the story. Just, it starts, it just starts coming in and, you know, the team went out getting photos, getting stories. Like what was it doing? And, and my job was to collect all of them and build the paper, to put, put it all to package it all together to tell the story. So I was in journalism mode. It was the next morning, probably like six in the morning, I'm watching the news. And when it clicked for me, like like I became human again. And it sounds weird, but like when I paid attention to the story as a human, was uh, I was watching the TV that morning. It was when they made the call for what was it, like 6,000 body bags or, or you know, they're like, we, we're going to. And that's, I, oh, it's not just a story. Right. It's really happening. Yeah. Um. I, I just, I just stared, just sat there and that was, yeah, but it, I just, I think I'm proud because we, that was obviously a moment. Everybody knows I was, you know, here's where I was then. Right. Like everybody remembers their, their nine 11 moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody remembers. You know, everybody my, knows exactly what they were doing. Right. Everybody knows what they did. And, and for me, what our team did was they, they, they got the story and they, and they were able to capture those I would, you know, capture all those nine eleven moments for the people in this community, and, yeah. and so it's it's preserved. I yeah, mean, we, and I said cliche a lot, right? But another one is 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 you know, newspapers are the first draft of history. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and it is a cliche, but I also take it a little bit personal. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I have pride in that. That if you go to the Lee Summit Museum mm -hmm. and you pull out the bound volumes and you pull out that uh, September twelfth, two thousand one, you'll see. All those stories. What happened in Lee Summit on that day? And they're there. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible to think about. So basically, I mean, you've been collecting local stories for how many years do you think in total? I started, uh, my first professional was 95, mm -hmm. I think, my first professional byline. So I can't do the math. You know, math is hard. Almost 30 years. Almost 30 years you've been telling Almost 30 stories. years. I've been, yeah. I've been in community journalism, and that's that's a thing for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I love it. it's beautiful what you do. Aww. Oh, look, Aww. I, pay, I paid you a compliment. It's true, though, Nick. I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you 
because I know we need to wrap it up because Liesl and Nick could talk forever and y'all are going to get bored. <laughs> so, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you is because I think that people need more visibility to your story. You're such a good story listener that I think people want to hear, you know, who you are as a person and what you do. And you're, you are Nick at linktillysummit.com, <laughs> but you're also truly an invested community member. You volunteer on boards. You volunteer for downtown. I like blame you, people like you and Trisha Drape for that. Yeah, though. it's totally Trisha Drape and I's fault. Um, but we, we can't take credit for the amazing things you do. And I just wanted to be able to showcase that on your podcast. So, you know, you can look back and be like, see, I was kind of legit <laughs> at some point, or, you know, when you have grandkids and they don't believe you, you I, can, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I don't like to tell my story as much. It just feels weird, <laughs> uh, but I appreciate it. I, I, I am proud. Of, of of what we what I do I say we I don't know why I I do the royal we when it comes to this <laughs> I know you do but it's it's really it's um, really unique and like that's but what's it's, so but cool it's not I mean you know it's it it's 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 you you know when Jason said he he needed to step off it was you sending me a text like can I can I try out can I be the next one I mean you know but but you you're gonna bring a whole different perspective and a way of talking to people and 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 yeah you are the 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 fun nicey nice warm fuzzies the warm fuzzies but you know it also was it also was jason saying no when i wanted to beg him to write because he's you know he had good things to say and he's like no i don't i don't want to do that and you know we had a few beers and decided to start a podcast but he would push me too you know i didn't want to do dig into the politics at first because while i like it i was like oh, that's a lot of work <laughs> And I didn't think he'd want to work that hard. Um, but I, and then I pushed him. He didn't want to do the interviews. Yeah. I mean, I think the best, you have a lot of really good relationships and there's been a lot of push and pull. You and I push and pull each other in a lot of different ways. I don't think that you, like when I said, let's interview Nick Parker, you were like furiously trying to find somebody. <laughs> I was. I was trying to find to a guest. come on the show. And you know what I love about this is, you know, sometimes the universe just like does things on purpose, but nobody was available. And Nick gets people last minute all the time. And so <laughs> I, do, I take that scheduler. as a sign from the universe. <laughs> so my very last and important question for you is burgers or tacos? Oh, I thought I tacos. Okay, what kind of tacos? Uh, What's your current favorite my, in Lee Summit? Ah, uh, you know what the uh, either the Al Pastor or the Lengua from El Mercadito. So good. My favorite street tacos in Lee Summit. They are the best street tacos. I, I mean, they're like there are a lot of great tacos. Sure, but which is the reason why tacos are greater than burgers is because the ceiling is higher. Like they're great burgers, but the ability to really reach greatness is, is there's more room in the taco world. I'm with you. you I think why? I think that's a challenge. There's a taco burger. There is a taco burger. See, See that's a whole nother level of greatness. Yeah. Okay, so I don't I don't know how to close out the show. I'm just gonna be honest <laughs> with you. So I'm gonna make you do it. You ready, Nick Parker? I'm gonna give you back your reign of control. Give me, give, me, give me back. I don't want it now. You don't want it. You just want me to do show. it now. I'm Great. Out, Fantastic. Out, Thanks. Uh, no, I appreciate I, I I do appreciate you making me do it. I think I think it was it's good for me to be better at about telling my own story uh and things but you know i do another podcast where i talk to people in the media industry 
And one of the things I always tell them is, is, is you guys need to brag about something that you're doing because our industry is horrible about bragging about ourselves. Well, guess what? I, I am. You may be that. I, I am mm-hmm. as, as well, but I also think it's good for you. Get out. I I'm, I'm excited to have you as part of this. I think you bring a different perspective. Um, you're going to teach new ways to ask questions and I'm going to make a cynic of you yet. We shall see. <laughs> Do you uh, like the evil? The evil, the evil laugh. Yep. Uh, look, uh, for those of you that are bored or have already turned it off. <laughs> Which is probably a large percentage a of you because we can be boring sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we will be back with uh, some more community guests and, and like, I won't make the hundred percent guarantee promise, but it's look. We'll be back with the with the election coverage on the, on the next cycle. I will do better. I won't shirk my responsibilities. But Nick needed a break, and I, I needed to learn to, to love the people that again. Boundary. I think you set a healthy boundary, and you helped me see it from that perspective. It Sometimes might not have been you good need for to the step away, but it was good for me. It was good for you. <laughs> so, Lisa, here you go. I'll do it for you. Okay, do it, do it. That'll wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time. <laughs>